video's hot, okay? We can fight it all we want, but video, short form video is something that we as consumers, as viewers want. You're listening to Take It Personally, a podcast about the personal side of business and the art of standing out. This summer, I had an Instagram reel go viral, and it was a really interesting thing to witness. And I wanted to take some time to just kind of reflect on why I think it went viral, maybe some things that I did that helped me gain about 2,000 followers from a viral reel, and what I'll continue to do going forward. And if I want another reel (laughs) to go viral. So the reel that went viral was um, me like lip syncing, I guess, to that. I don't know what you heard about me, viral audio. And um, I literally to create, it's just hilarious that this reel went viral. Let me back up about that because I've talked before about how Video is something that does not come supernatural to me. I mean, hello, I have a podcast. (laughs) Video is not my favorite thing. I could have started a YouTube channel, but uh, that would have involved me like having to put on makeup and pants and that's just not going to happen. So we have a podcast. (laughs) So that tells you all you need to know about how I feel about video. The one time I pulled an all-nighter in college was for my video final and because that's like the cool college kid that I was. And it was a miserable experience. Like I truly hate video. I can't tell you this enough. It's just not my thing. I love watching other people's videos, but like the tech side of it is really overwhelming to me. So the fact that I do reels at all, let alone have had a couple go viral at this point, is like shocking because it's just not my jam. But after I like had practiced for a while, um, reels became, they did become easier. Um, But that wasn't the case at first. Like it was really, really clunky. And I remember the first time I created a reel, Ivy, my youngest, was like, you know, probably a few months old. and. I like gave the kids to Jeff that day. I think it was like a Sunday. So, you know, you're supposed to like co-parent on Sunday. You're both home, right? And I was like, I'm going in my office. You take the kids and locked myself in my office. And it took me two or three hours to create like one or two rails. I mean, it was embarrassing and it's gotten progressively easier since then. So if you're in that boat, if you're wanting to create rails, but like dealing with it taking forever and you not knowing what you're doing. Like you're not alone. We all start somewhere, but you have to start. So anyway, all of that to say, it's a lot easier now, but reels are not, video is not something that comes naturally to me. Um, And so it's really funny that this is the reel that went viral because I had put like a decent amount of production into my other reels. This was one where I had heard the audio and immediately thought of doing something like what I did, which I'll talk about in a second, because I had had a few interactions um, only like once or twice at at preschool, <laughs> but I've had interactions 
you know, at the post office or at Target or whatever, where people will say, like, I follow you on social media, which is like super cool. And I always want people to say hi, like, I'm just a, I'm just a human. I'm, that's it. You know, I would love to talk to you. But I'm also a human and I'm awkward AF. And so when people say I follow you on social media, um, it is kind of embarrassing because like what I do on social media is kind of embarrassing, <laughs> but I still do it. So whatever. So when I heard that, that audio, I don't know what you heard about me. I was like, oh yeah, that totally relates to when people will tell me, hey, I follow you on Instagram. And like, that's the reaction that I have. And so I was getting ready to leave the house. I didn't have any makeup on. I hadn't done my hair. I had a coffee mug in my hand because I'm literally getting ready to get in my car. I was pretty sure my neighbors were watching, but I decided to do it anyway. And I recorded that reel in my driveway. It took me 30 seconds. I mean, I probably took one or two takes. It was the quickest thing ever and posted it. And that was it. And it didn't do anything like substantial for a while. I mean, I think it was close to a month later that it started picking up traction. And one day I noticed it had um, maybe close to 10,000 views, which is a a, a lot for me, like for something to hit 10,000. Um, most of my reels hit like five or 6,000. Um, but 10 is a lot. 10,000 is a lot, period. End of story. 10,000 people seeing something. That's a lot of people. Um, and so I noticed that it was kind of gaining traction. And so I started documenting it on my Instagram stories a little bit and it just kind of kept going. And at first I was like, oh, you know, it's, it's going baby viral. Like it's going viral for me. This wouldn't be viral for like an influencer type person, but for me, it's going viral. Well, after a couple of days, it was going legitimately viral. It was 20,000 views and 30,000 views and 70,000 views and eventually got to 2 million views. And um, I think that there are a couple of things that attributed to this and I wanted to walk through those. So number one, and the the biggest thing I think when it comes to reels that do well or just content that does well, I, I want to point out reels are doing very well on Instagram right now because it's still a newer feature um, and video is video's hot, okay? We can fight it all we want, but video short form video is something that we as consumers, as viewers want. Like it's what we're watching. It's what we're engaging with. And so it's something that continues to do really well in all of the social media algorithms that people love to talk about. So reels, I think, are doing really well um, when it comes to like going viral. But when you're talking about content strategy as a whole, any sort of content, what does really well is relatability. Um, if someone can watch that and like laugh because they had a similar experience or they went through that too, uh, or cry because they went through it too, if it's relatable, that tends to do really well. And at the end of the day, I think this reel was relatable for people. Um, and it was also humorous. And humor is another thing that tends to do well. Since this reel went viral, I've had a few other reels that have hit like 50 or 60,000 views. And I would say all of them are relatable. Even if they're not funny, most of them are funny. Like I don't really do serious type reels, but relatability is really at the core. Um, now I had some interesting conversations when this reel went viral 
And someone had said, do you think it went viral because it was more like mom content? Because I, I said the caption is something along the lines of like, point of view, you're at preschool drop off or something like that. And so someone had said, do you think it went viral more because it's mom content? And do you think that that's actually going to hurt you in the long run? Because what you do, like mom lifestyle type stuff is not your your niche. And I thought that that was a really interesting question. So I wanted to talk about that a bit. My niche is definitely more like brand building and brand photography and confidence and entrepreneurship. Like those are the, the things that I talk about online. But I also, um, and I talk about this a lot, I'm building a personal brand. And so part of that personal brand is also mom stuff, right? Like I, I talk about experiences with my kids um, in my personal life, that type of thing. And so I think in this case, maybe it was relatable because it was more mom content, but I think it continued to do so well and ultimately resulted in a really big uptick in followers. I gained a little over 2,000 followers and I, I've kept them um, for the most part, you know, some fall off, but like for the most part, I've kept 2,000 followers. And I think that the reason for that is because it was still reflective of the rest of my content. Like maybe it wasn't specifically in my niche. It wasn't exactly talking about brand photography or imposter syndrome or confidence or anything like that. But if you were to watch this reel and then go to my stories or my highlights or my feed, it wouldn't be like shocking that that reel came from the person who's created all the rest of this content. It's still reflective of my sense of humor and the other types of content that I'm creating. And I think that that's really the key. Now, That doesn't mean that you shouldn't be creating content that's mostly within your niche. Because if you're wanting to grow your brand photography business, but all you're posting is mom content or whatever it might be, lifestyle content, home built, you know, if you're um, building a home or redecorating your house or um, you are promoting recipes or something, but that's not the brand that you're wanting to build but that is the content that you're creating, that I could see as being really confusing. And I think that that's where people get into trouble. And I've, I've read about this before, you know, people who are wanting to grow like a photography business, but most of their content is mom content when it comes to reels and posts and that kind of thing. And their accounts will if the content is good, right, their accounts will grow because of that, but they're gaining people who came in because of the content and the content is not related to the brand. Does that make sense? So I think that it can be something that hinders you, but it doesn't have to be. And in the case of a personal brand, I think you should be showing an array of content. Like you should be talking about multiple things. And if it's all under the umbrella of your personal brand and it still has the same flair that the rest of your content does, it still has the same personality and sense of humor, I think it can be done in a way that grows your brand and gives people kind of a a peek behind the curtain into the personal side, uh, which is what they're interested in, right? Like it's why we love reality TV. We want to know more about the person behind the brand. This can do that if it's done sparingly, right? Um, because it's a really good example when you're talking about like the no like trust funnel, which I, I talk about a lot and as a marketing principle, 
of moving people down this path of knowing you and then liking you and then trusting you. This type of content, like this reel that went viral, is a really good example of know and like content. It's not going to make someone trust me, right? But it might make them find me and it might help them get to know me. And if they share the same sense of humor or they appreciate it, it may help them like me. But it's not going to help them trust me. And the trust content is where um, the other stuff that's closer to your brand comes in. So talking about brand photography experience, talking about imposter syndrome or growing your confidence, those are still like the core pillars in my content strategy. But this kind of stuff can have a place too. So I I thought that was a really interesting question and I wanted to talk through it because I can see it going both ways. But in this case, it actually, I think, helped me. So certainly this type of content that's not as related to your content strategy, it's not pointless if it's not in your niche. But just keep in mind that you do want most of your content to be in the niche that you want to grow. I also think a really big part of why this ended up going so well for me and I gained so many followers from it was because of the way my account is set up. So I actually did reach out to a handful of people who started following me during this like viral reel and I asked them why they started following me. I kind of, I did some like surveys on stories and then a few people sent me DMs. And keep in mind, I I gained about 2,000 followers, as I've said, so I did not reach out to 2,000 people. (laughs) I probably talked to five to 10. But almost all of them said they looked at the rest of my content. They looked at other pieces of content and they were like, oh, like she'd she'd be a fun person to follow. So I think having an account set up that is bingeable, if you will, can really, really benefit you. And this is something that you could be doing now, like making sure that your account is as bingeable as possible for if and when you have something happen where your content goes viral or um, you know maybe someone on a big podcast mentions you and you start to get all you know this traffic of people to be able to capture them as followers and as a more permanent um, like fixture in your audience, having an account that's bingeable can really help that. And so what does that mean? Um, Having highlights where people can easily figure out what it is you're all about. And again, these can be a mix of personal and business highlights. I have highlights that show mom life, that show my kids and interactions with them. But then I also have behind the scenes and um, befores and afters of presets or working on brand sessions or tips that I'm offering. Like my highlights really run the gamut. And I think that that benefited me here. Um, I also have guides set up now, which perhaps this is a future podcast episode in and of itself, but um, I have guides set up on my profile. So it's really easy for people to find, you know, all of the past brand sessions that I've posted or all of the content that I've created about creating content and the no like trust um, funnel and um, tips that I've offered or posts about confidence or imposter syndrome, like all of that is uh, essentially uh, grouped together now in these Instagram guides. I'm also, for the most part, really active on stories. And so as this, um, as the reel was going viral, I was continually active on stories. And so people could come there 
and see, okay, do I want to hang out in this girl's corner of the internet? Do I like her? Do I like what she's about and what she shares? Um, Because I'm consistently active there. And then additionally, or, or lastly, I guess, showing myself in my top nine. Um, and I show myself a lot on my feed just because it's kind of the nature of my business at this point. You wouldn't even have to do it. I mean, you you probably don't need to do it as often as I do it. But making sure that there's at least one photo of you in the last nine photos on your grid so people can easily identify where you are. I think that um, is really important too. So making sure that your content is really bingeable and just kind of doing a bit of an audit consistently. So when people uh, stumble across your account, whether it's one person finding your account or whether it's, you know, in the situation of something going viral, thousands of people coming in contact with your account and deciding if they're going to follow or not, making sure that that account is really easy to binge and um, consume the content and that your content strategy is really on point. You're creating content that people are interested in, I think is hugely important. One of the things that I did when this reel started going viral, that I have no idea if this helped me or not, but I'm just going to mention it anyway, is that probably every other day I would go into the comment section and respond to comments. And because it was going viral, I feel like we need to take a shot every time I say viral on this episode because it's getting ridiculous. But because it like the period of it going viral seemed to last a really long time. Like I think it was a good two weeks of just building and building and building. And now it's like, I think it's been at 2 million for months. Like it hasn't budged. But for a decent, like for about two weeks, it just kept growing. And I kind of wonder if that was because I kept going back in and re-engaging with people and like, I don't know, instigating new comments. So about every other day, I would go in and just look at comments and I would either heart them or respond to them or both. Sometimes it would get some conversations going. Most of the time it was just me responding and then that was it. Um, But that was something that I did for probably two weeks every other day just to kind of honestly, just out of curiosity, like if that would help or not. And of course, I have no idea if it did or not. But if you have a reel that maybe is more around like the 10,000 mark and is slowly gaining traction, um, that's something to keep in mind. And I think in general, like obviously once something goes viral, it's a lot harder to respond to all the comments. But for the most part, you know, if you're listening to this, you probably have an account similar to mine where like it's pretty easy to stay on top of comments and DMs. And I recommend doing that. I recommend connecting with those people and responding and um, creating those interactions because I think it's a great way to build a community and to build trust. So even if something is not in process of going viral, just continually uh, engaging with that community that you've created, I think can be really, really beneficial overall and on individual content pieces. As far as what I'm doing going forward now that I've experienced one big viral reel and then a couple that have um, also gone viral in like a lesser capacity, I think the number one thing is to be very, very clear on your content strategy. And that's true for just Instagram in general. It doesn't have to be reels. It doesn't have to be carousel posts. Like the type of content that you're creating as far as if it's a reel or a post or a carousel or whatever, 
that's not your content strategy. That's just like a tactical thing that you're doing in support of a content strategy. Your content strategy is what are you talking about? What are the core principles in your brand that you're consistently talking about online that people come to you for? That's your content strategy. And if you're really clear on what your people want, what they're coming to you for, what they're interested in, and you create content around that, then you likely have a good content strategy. And you can use that to create reels or carousel posts or show up more on stories or all of the above or one of the above. It doesn't really matter. Um, But I think that ultimately, people who do well on places like Instagram, you know, consistently gaining new followers or having individual pieces of content do really well. If that's the case, like if they're experiencing that, it's because they're very clear on their message and what their people want to hear. So that's something that I've been thinking a lot about lately because I just haven't been creating as much content lately for um, personal reasons. I've just been, uh, had other things going on in my life. And so that's been something that I've been thinking a lot about lately is just making sure that when I am creating content, that I'm very clear on who it's for and why they need it and why, um, you know, making sure that they're asking for it. And that kind of goes into my last point about reels as a whole. I know there's a lot of people who teach about Instagram, like using Instagram for your business. And they talk about how like reels are so beneficial and they totally can be. And I, I do think that they're worth a look. Um, because if you're looking to gain followers and to grow your account, you know, increase your audience, all of these things, reels can be a really, really great way to do that. But it's also not the only way. So I think it's a fine line of like being okay with experimenting and maybe failing at first and uh, be okay with learning, right? Like realizing that you're not going to know exactly what you're doing right away. And it's going to take a little bit more time and it might even be a major headache at first, but doing it anyway and trying and experimenting. But then also if it's something where video genuinely makes you uncomfortable and you hate it and you feel like it's pulling teeth and um, it just feels really, really off brand for you, figuring out a different way because there's always a different way. It doesn't have to be reels, right? Like carousel posts, I've mentioned them a couple of times now, but the posts where you have a piece of content and you swipe, 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 like those posts do really, really well. And you don't have to show your face for them. You don't have to be on video for them. So maybe that's something that you want to consider. Um, Quite frankly, regular static posts from 2015, like those can do really well too, as long as your content strategy is really good. Um, as long as you know, you know, what it is you're creating, what you're talking about, what is at the center of your brand, as long as you're clear on that, it doesn't really matter what type, like what the actual type of content is that you're creating. And so I think that that's the biggest takeaway here. Like reels can do really incredible things to grow your account and to help grow your business. But if it's something that you just don't want to experiment with them at this point, that's totally fine. I would also encourage you if you maybe are interested in using Reels, but it feels super off brand, think of different ways that you can use them. And this is true for anything on Instagram. You know, you see the stuff that is in like your explore page, 
um, of people dancing and lip syncing and being funny or being like really serious and heartfelt. Like you see that type of stuff. And if none of that resonates with your brand, I think it's really easy to be like, well, reels just aren't going to work for me. Right. But you can make reels work for you. I've done reels where I'm dancing. I've done reels where I'm lip syncing. I've also done reels where I literally just turn on my forward facing camera and I talk and I post it. Um, I've done reels where I am talking on stories and those stories performed really well. And so I download them and use that to create a reel. You can absolutely make it work for your brand. It does not have to be the way everyone else is doing it. In fact, I would argue it shouldn't be the way everyone else is doing it, especially if it feels inauthentic to you. At the end of the day, you're the boss. Instagram is not the boss. So how can you use a tool like Reels that's performing really well and make it work for you in a way that feels authentic to your business? And that is the challenge that I want to leave you with today. Don't change your brand. Don't change your business to work within Reels. Figure out a way to use all of these really cool tools that we're given for free. Like we don't have to pay for this. How can you use it to push your business forward and also to push yourself a little bit? Thank you so much for listening to Take It Personally. If you're a regular listener, you might already know that some of the best conversations actually happen after the show. Head over to Facebook and search Take It Personally podcast to join our private Facebook group and join the conversation. We'll also put the link in the show notes. And if you haven't already, would you head over to iTunes and leave us a review? This is the best way to let other people know about the show and help us to keep creating content you love. You can also head to takeitpersonallypodcast.com for all the show notes from today's episode and past episodes. Thanks so much for listening. See you next week.